All right, so the title to today's message is Guard Your Heart. Um, and that comes out of Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. In fact, I made reference to that verse last week uh, during the teaching time. And uh, just really thought that that was an important topic for us to address. And then as I was looking at the Proverbs that surrounded that, I thought, you know what? I don't want to just isolate to that particular proverb. I want to see how the greater context of the other Proverbs that surround it will help to illuminate that because I believe that even though the Proverbs can be treated individually and independently because they are discrete Proverbs, in many cases there are passages in the Proverbs just like there are passages in a narrative book in the Bible and uh, one thing sheds light on another. When you read the Bible, you should always read in context. Uh, you shouldn't ever isolate just one verse. If you memorize a verse, that's a good idea, but always understand the context. Know where that verse is coming from. You and I need to understand what the original writer and the original recipients were thinking if we're going to make sure that we have the correct understanding of what it means for us, right? Because you can pull verses out of context and end up with all kinds of strange interpretations. And we find that really going on quite a bit in our world today. Um, when this pandemic uh, first started, I had already uh, determined to do a series called Living Life Well. And I started talking about overwhelming emotions. Little did I know how relevant those particular messages were going to be. The reason that I make mention of that is because overwhelming emotions are what we would normally associate with the heart, right? So I talked about overwhelming emotions. I talked about three, really. And we call these emotions, but frankly, they're more than emotions. They're states of mind, right? So these are the types of uh, emotions or the states of mind, I think, that many people find themselves in today as the result of what's going on in our world. Uh, I don't remember the original order that I taught these in, but I'll just uh, address you as they come to mind. The first one is anger, and that's because that's my go-to emotion, right? I'm just, you know, so this morning, I get up really early, I read the word, I, you know, I get ready, all this stuff. It's so, it's so interesting because uh, we inevitably have some sort of a technical issue on a regular basis. I've been trying to upgrade this thing so that the people that have to stay home will have a better experience, and I am continually challenged uh, by what's going on there. And uh, so I reset everything last week. I thought I had everything set up, and it turned out there was no audio. I was like, oh, that's awesome. So this new setup that I have I thought was great, but no audio, so I had to switch things at the last minute. Poor Jacob was up there trying to figure it out because it slowed the computer down. Now I think I've got it all figured out again, right? This morning I get up really early and I found out that our internet is, although it's not down, it's so slow that there's no way we were going to be able to send this, uh, you know, to the internet so that we would be able to uh, have a nice broadcast for people that have to stay home, like Jacob and like Sam and like many people that are previewing this and just trying it out. So I called Spectrum, which is our internet service provider. It's the only one that we can get that's fast enough to do this. And thankfully, the Spectrum business answered at 6.30 on Sunday morning, and that was awesome. But the lady, I think she was doing her best, but she was kind of doing, you know, reading a script. I mean, this is what I get. Sir, I can't do anything unless, sir, I can't do it. And I just found myself getting madder and madder and madder. And I'm thinking, Daryl, she knows this is a church. <laughs> she probably knows you're the pastor. 
Don't be the angry pastor at the angry church. Church of unholy anger is not a good thing. That's my go-to, right? So I have a, uh, I have, have you, do you know what a neutral bullet is? Yes. Yeah. So they're these super fast uh, blenders, right? Now, I'm going to tell on myself because, you know, confession of sin is really, really good for you. Uh, confess to the Lord for forgiveness. Confess to one another so you can get over it. So I've got this Nutribullet and it's sitting there and I'm going to blend up some eggs and some cheese because I'm going to put them, uh, you know, put them in there and, and cook. And I, I, I try to turn it on and, and nothing. I unplug it and plug it in and nothing. I, so I slammed it against the, the counter and then it sort of came loose and then I just slammed it in the trash. And then I went to Amazon and ordered another one. Uh, and then, this is really stupid. This is where you find that anger is completely dumb. I think that I was plugging in the wrong plug. I have so many plugs that are going up there. I think I was unplugging and replugging the, because this thing is practically, it's like a year old. I'm like, what is wrong with you? But I broke it now, and now I have to pay $80 for an anger. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says the anger of man does not uh, achieve the righteousness of God. Well, we may find ourselves in a perpetual state of anger over things that are far more important than what I'm addressing here. There could be issues in your own personal life. Um, there is a whole lot going on uh, in, the, in the media and, and in our world that it seems like they're, they're, it's almost like, like we have slave drivers that are out there cracking whips and saying, you need to be angry, you need to be angry. We can't live like that, guys. We just can't. And so I will be open and honest and confess when I have certain issues, but I will say that the Holy Spirit is good about continually convicting me and bringing me back to repentance. And part of me sharing with you this morning is so that you can see, hey, man, I'm human like you. I deal with things just like you do. I have to repent of things just like you do. But I need to clear out my heart, right? Because your heart just gets clotted up with this. Now, I didn't address this as a separate emotion, but it is a frame of mind, and it is, it is related to anger, but it's hatred. There's just a lot of contempt and hatred out there today. Just mindless hatred. And I think once people get into a frame of mind where they have determined that a particular group of people are the enemy, and this is where racism comes from, right? But right now, what we're seeing is a whole lot of prejudice and, and, and bigotry and, and, and just really judgmentalism between people, right? So, uh, you know, we've got the whole face mask thing. And, uh, you know, I've been hearing all kinds of craziness going on. There was a couple, apparently, that were walking outside on the sidewalk. And some lady that was wearing a face mask was angry that they weren't wearing face masks walking outside, plenty of feet from everybody else. She pepper sprayed them. Somebody told me, one of our, our children's workers this morning told me that somebody else was in a store, one person wasn't wearing a face mask, another person pulled a gun on them. Are you, are people out of their minds? That's hatred. Friends, this is a heart problem. It doesn't matter what side of the debate you fall on. I know that, you know, uh, there was some frustration initially when I, I requested you guys to wear masks coming in here. I, there's a method to my madness. Okay, I don't plan on shutting this church down again. I don't. And I want everybody to know we did our due diligence. We're going to be super careful. We're going to help out. Right. We're going to do our best. All right. But I, I, I want you to understand that I think prayer and I think proper social distancing, washing your hands, all those things are going to help us out. Right. 
And I think being in an enclosed space and wearing a mask is, is kind of wise. Um, how many of you guys know who Herman Cain is? You know who that is? He died last week as a result of contracting COVID-19. Now, he's over 70 and he is a stage four cancer survivor, which means his immune system was decimated as the result of radiation and chemo. There are people in at-risk groups that do really need to be careful. So we've had several people in our church that have tested positive and none of them has had anything significantly adverse at all, like very, very minor. But you and I need to understand that that's not the case for everybody. So we need to be concerned about other people, and that's what the whole face mask thing is about. But you know, people can get angry and they can, get, they can have hatred. And then the other overwhelming emotion, or another one that I mentioned at the outset of this, is sadness, right? And sadness, when it just continues, sometimes is called depression. It's just perpetual sadness. Now, sadness is not always bad. Also, you should understand that there is righteous anger, but it needs to be temporary. You need to know how to get over it. You need to know how to sur surrender it to the Lord. So these things are not always bad. It depends on how they're aimed and how long you hang on to them. But, you know, when we lose someone, last week we talked about uh, Brother Vernon, and, you know, I I was, I knew that was coming. We all knew it was coming because Vernon was, was uh, gosh, he was 90 uh, or 88 or 89 when I first met him. And so, you know, you know when you get that old that the, the, the sand is falling out of the hourglass. So I always knew that there was going to be a point in the not too distant future that we were going to have to say goodbye to Vernon. And in fact, I can remember preaching on a number of occasions and teaching on certain scriptures. And I thought, you know, and prayed, man, Lord, I just pray you'll, you'll minister to him with this and, and so forth. Because when we're younger, we just don't think that, you know, older people feel like us or think like us. They're just so far beyond us. And, and you know, we think, you know, the reality is as I get older, I come to realize that once I get to the place where, you know, I'm in my 90s, if the, if the Lord should allow me to get that far, I'm not so sure that I'll be any more ready for death than I am right now. That's why you just kind of need to be, have your life right with the Lord no matter when and no matter what. But when you lose people like that, it's sad. Now, Vernon was a member of our congregation and, and we, we spoke well of him last week. Um, again, the reason why I did that last week is because uh, not this last Friday, but Friday before last was Vernon's birthday. He would have been 97. And I had planned all along to do a service about Vernon uh, close to his birthday because I thought that COVID would have lifted by then, and it didn't. So I just went ahead and did what I did. But I want you to understand that, you know, I was definitely, in spite of the fact that there was a long, long road to Vernon's passing away, and I was as prepared as I could be, Vernon was my friend. He wasn't just a member of our church. He was my friend, and I was his friend. And he was proud of that. And so I lost a friend, and that makes me sad. But I have to comfort myself with the reality that I know where Vernon is, okay? And I cannot, I can't grieve like a pagan, right? That means somebody that doesn't believe that there's a God in an afterlife. I, I can't grieve like that. I have to grieve like a Christian who knows that there is something better and something beyond this, right? So anger and hatred's related to that, and sadness, and then of course, fear. I mean, fear is what's driving a whole lot of behavior right now related to the, the COVID crisis. Um, but all of these things are what grip people's hearts. Now, I wanna, I wanna say something to you that you might find, uh, I don't know, maybe uh, surprising. 
the word emotion, although a, a contemporary translation of the Bible might use that uh, at times, that's not a Bible word. That's not a word that is in the lexicon of heaven, emotions. That's very, very uh, modern. That's very psychological, okay? What I think we need to understand is that all of this is about the heart. It's about your frame of mind, we might say, okay? So let's understand what the heart is. We often associate the heart, and when I say guard your heart, we associate that with emotions. Would it surprise you to know that many times, perhaps most times in the Old Testament, when uh, lev, heart, is, is spoken of, it really is has a closer affinity to what we call mind. And we normally locate that in our head, okay? Because we know that that's where the brain is and that's where all this activity is going on. But this wasn't because the Hebrews didn't have an understanding of the brain or the head, they did. But it's because as God inspired the scripture, he wanted us to understand that this is about the center of your being, the core of your being. Do you know where we get that word core, that English word core? It's spelled C-O-R-E, core, but it actually comes from the French word cool. Do you know what cool is in French? It's your heart. When we're talking about the heart, we're talking about the center of you. We're talking about the center of your being. And so it is the intersection of everything that we would relate to personhood or personality, right? So psychologists will say there are three major domains to a human person, right? There's the cognitive domain, that's your thinking. There's the affective domain with an A, that's your emotions, what we call your emotions. And there's the behavioral domain, that's the, the doing of the thing, right? Well, all three of those domains, to use psychological terminology, intersect in the heart. The heart really is the center of your will. It's the center of volition. What happens is people get in a certain frame of mind, their heart gets damaged or it gets directed in a certain way. And, you know, many times they'll simply ignore facts and ignore logic. We see this all the time today. It doesn't mean you know, don't confuse me with the facts. I've got my mind made up. What that means is there's a mindset, there's a heart set that you have and you're not going to think about it anymore. And I've noticed that you know, when, it, when any new issue comes up, there's debate that's open initially, but then people pretty much align with their political position and they shut down. So when COVID first opened up and the pandemic was there, you know, I was entering into debates with, with folks about this. Pastor Craig did a, a lengthy uh, response to the, the doctors that came out against the standard narrative. And it was very balanced, his treatment. He wrote like over 3,000 words, I think, and released it on Facebook in three days. We were trying to debate. We were trying to discuss. We were trying to help people think. But right now, no, no. People have their minds made up. Don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. I'm not interested in facts anymore. I have already decided. Everybody's going to die from this, or it's nothing, or somewhere in between. But we need to leave ourselves open to discussion on a regular basis, okay? I am willing to change my mind about things when I see that there is a reason to do so. I was absolutely opposed to these stupid face masks when they first came out. I really was. They make me mad. Frankly, they make me mad. Like every time I see somebody wandering around outside alone wearing a face mask, I'm like, that's just dumb. 
Now, again, I recognize that a lot of people are smarter than me and they don't keep touching their face mask. They would rather just put it on and not touch it and leave it on. That's a good idea, all right? That's what doctors do. Because the worst thing you can do is you contact all these surfaces and you keep fooling with it and you get all whatever's on your face mask and then that's not good either, right? So I understand that. I'm not trying to, again, I'm trying to reveal my heart about this. But as we proceeded along and I saw our governor trying to keep the state open, I was like, you know what? And I read the scripture and the scripture says, submit yourself to every government institution. I was like, fine, I'm okay with that. I will do what the word tells me to do. I'll try to support the governor. I'm happy to change my mind if you give me good reason. I'm a decision maker, all right? I don't waffle. People that know me know that. I make decisions. I don't go, well, I don't know, and I don't know, and hmm, and just, no, I make a decision. I make a decision on the basis of the best facts that I have available to me at that point in time. But if people come at me with other facts and I weigh those and I see that there's a reason to change my mind, then absolutely, I will change my mind. And you should be that way too. But when we get stuff set in our heart, we're not willing to make any sorts of changes, right? We have made a decision. We have made a determination. We have made a commitment to a particular person or a particular thing, and we're not willing to change. We become rigid at that point. Um, So uh, those major emotional states or states of mind or frames of mind are reasons why we need to guard our heart. You need to guard your heart from anger and hatred and excessive sadness. You need to guard your heart from fear. How do you do that? Well, First of all, as I said last week, you need to be careful about what's coming in, right? I can usually tell uh, how people are responding to this pandemic by what news sources they're paying attention to, right? There's just a whole lot. You you and I need to understand that those who want to get your attention have incentive to stir you up emotionally. Now, it's great to have a laugh occasionally. Uh, I found a video uh, with this service that we use called Skit Guys that we could put our own little uh, little piece at the end of, and I posted that yesterday and made that available to you guys. Just kind of a funny promotional video. This is, gosh, we need some reasons to smile, don't we? We need some reasons to laugh. I like this comedian named Jim Gaffigan, right? And I just, you know, he's got all kinds of stuff on, on YouTube. I discovered him like years back. But he's clean, he's funny, and uh, now he puts videos of his family because uh, he, he has five people in his family, I think, five kids. Um, and, uh, you know, he, two of his kids actually have their own show. He has like a, a six and a seven-year-old, or they might be seven and eight now, and uh, it's called the, the Mike and Patrick Show. And basically, he just feeds them all these foods that they've never tried before, and they're like, yeah, and they do all this stuff. But it's just funny. Gosh, man, you know, we need a break, don't we? We need to smile sometimes, don't we? But we can just get addicted to that news and watching just all the latest bad news. You know what I noticed? I get uh, a feed from the Dallas Morning News. I stopped reading it a long time ago uh, just because initially uh, the price went up on the paper. I used to take it every day and read it and it just went up. And then I started noticing that the editorial style started moving further and further and further and further to the left. And I'm like, you know what? This is just getting like, uh, you know, it's becoming a, a constant editorial no matter what news story you read. But the Dallas Morning News has the information that I need about what's going on around us. So I have an email that comes from them and I've watched their reporting. So here's what happens. When the cases were going up, 
which, by the way, this was in the wake of all the protests. So people were out and they were calling out, calling out, calling out in these in these areas closed in. Right. And so what you've got is this uh, one of the reasons why we've requested you wear these masks. It's called the aerosol effect. OK, um, when there is a uh, 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 shouting or even singing, then fine particles come out of your mouth and they hang in the air longer. Well, it's not a surprise to me that in the wake of that, all of a sudden we have this increase in cases. And guess what? By and large, they were among younger people. By and large, younger people were the ones that were walking around outside. Why? Because old people like me think it's too hot, right? So when the, when the protests came to downtown Garland, I wanted to hear what they had to say. I wanted to uh, watch our church and make sure that nothing got violent and get, came into our church. Uh, Pastor Craig and Jubilee uh, were out there uh, marching with them and, and trying to be supportive. And so I sat out there, but I didn't march because it was too hot. But there's a group of people. They're all packed in close together. And, you know, somebody would call out and say, say this, blah, 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 say that, blah, blah. Do you wonder why? we have an increase in cases. Further, there were far more testing sites. So of course you're gonna get more people that are gonna uh, test positive because more people are being tested. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right? I remember when this thing first started, um, I started getting a scratchy throat and I'm like, oh, well, okay, Lord, this is again. But I didn't even have uh, the thought that I would go get tested because A, I'm not over 65, B, I wasn't exhibiting major symptoms, and so I would not have been able to go to American Airlines Center and get tested. Now you can go to Walmart and get tested, right? They have a, you know, a line, you just drive through there and get tested. So of course they're gonna be more. Well, so, you know, it's like, no, my gosh, you know, now there's more cases and more cases. Then the cases came down, and it was like, oh, well, there's not as many cases, <gasps> but there were 15 deaths this, this day. So it's like they're reporting whatever the, the most incendiary thing that they could, oh, there are more cases among children. Well, many, of the, many children end up asymptomatic. They don't end up with any symptoms at all. They don't even end up with a fever, but they're gonna report whatever they can report to keep you Take, paying, paying attention to them. And it's the same thing with social media. Apparently, I don't know what's going on and how to do social media very well because I just don't get a ton of people that pay attention and do likes. But people that are, you know, understand how that works and they're able to tickle somebody's funny bone or they're able to make people mad, then they get a million responses. So in the past, when I have made political comments, then I'll get a ton of responses because people are upset about it and they wanna tell you how stupid you are, right? I mean, I had, I had former students of mine. There should be some respect there. I was there for them when they were younger. I taught them, I still care about them. And they're schooling me and talking to me like I'm a child. I'm like, we're not gonna do that, right? That's just not what we're, so I just don't do that anymore. I'm trying to stay away from all of that. This is why I took Facebook off of my phone. I don't want to check that all the time. I don't want to see all that drama. Why? Because I'm guarding my heart. I'm trying to be careful. I'm not watching the news. I'm not watching CNN. I'm not watching MSNBC. I'm not watching Fox. I'm trying to stay abreast of the news, but I'm not interested in all this drama. Why? Because I'm guarding my heart. You need to be careful. And when you're around people that are full of strife, there are people that are just perpetually angry. They're just angry people. And when you get around them, you can just feel it all over you, can't you? You can just feel yourself tense up when you're around them. They're so hostile and they're so angry and they're so, so pray for them. But if they won't calm down, stay away.
Okay? By all means, if, if there's something that is, that is injustice and, and you can demonstrate that there's a way for you to make a difference, then make a difference. But I'm noticing that there are some people that are feeding into uh, the protest movement right now that used to be very happy people. And now they're very hostile, angry people. I was looking at a young person's picture. Uh, th this person posted, uh, I mean, I don't see, I don't go online as often as I used to. I think this might've been on Instagram. And this young person used to be, these pictures that I would see of this particular young person were happy pictures. And here's this angry, angry looking young person. Well, this is also coincidentally a young person who is fed right into this entire protest movement. You can advocate for justice, you can do what's right, but you don't have to have a heart that is filled with hatred and anger. It's killing us, friends. It really is. The scripture says, guard your heart. And one of the ways that you're gonna guard your heart is to be careful what comes in. And then you're gonna guard your heart by making sure that your direction is set toward the Lord, that you're walking in that right path. And I'm not gonna go verse by verse through this. I'm gonna read this and comment on a couple of these verses. Um, as it turns out, I, I, I was right. The Lord wanted me to comment a lot on guard your heart. But let's look at this. This is Proverbs 4:18. Uh, in fact, I know that uh, they're gonna be able to go verse by verse up there. So I'm gonna go ahead and read from the same translation that I put there. Um, this is Proverbs chapter four, beginning with verse 18. This is the English standard version of the Bible. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. My son, my child, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left, Turn your foot away from evil. So I'm going to make brief comments on these verses, and uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you that I'm going to be done by noon. So even though that was an extensive introduction and commentary on Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart for from the wellsprings of life, I want you to understand that that's really the message I wanted you to get today. But I want you to see these surrounding uh, Proverbs and see how the Lord will teach us with these. First of all, understand that there is a reason for you to be positive. Amen? because you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if you don't, then there are perhaps plenty of reasons for you to be negative, but you can have a relationship with God. You can establish a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ today. And when you do, he imputes his righteousness. He puts his righteousness on you so that you become a righteous person. And therefore, this verse, this proverb is for you. It says, the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until the full day. I can remember one time, uh, I lived in Phoenix, Arizona, and I started going to Baylor University, and I used to drive back and forth between Phoenix and Baylor. 
And uh, many times I would take the southern route because it's, uh, it's faster. Uh, that means that you're gonna go down uh, Interstate 10 and then it turns into 20 and you come up through Fort Worth. First you go through Abilene and you come up through Fort Worth and, and uh, come on in to the, the Metroplex in that way. And I can remember one time uh, I, was, I was driving with a friend of mine who was also going to Baylor. And we were just gonna drive through the night, so we were trading off, right? We were going back and forth. Um, one person would sleep and the other person would drive. And typically, I don't like to drive in the middle of the night. I, I mean, I don't know if you're anything like me, but I don't like to drive at night at all. Like when I drive by myself, once the sun goes down, I park it and I go get in a hotel. That's what I do. I don't like driving at night. Um, but we were driving together and I took the early morning shift. Uh, it was probably like four o'clock in the morning when I started driving. And I mean to tell you guys, I was just ready to fall asleep. It was bad, right? And West Texas has a rugged beauty about it. You know, there is, but it's also kind of a wasteland. And at night, there's nothing to look at at all. And so I'm driving through West Texas. It's just outside of El Paso, uh, coming east on Interstate 10. And I mean, I'm just, I'm you know, doing one of those. I'm thinking, I'm going to have to pull over, right? Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, I looked over slightly to my left as, as, we're, as I'm driving along. And it looked like there was a fire out there. And that kind of got my attention. I was like, that looks like, and it looked like it was spreading. Like, huh, you know, it's on fire out there. And then it spread further and it was bright red and it spread further. And I started to realize, oh, that's the sun. <laughs> It was the most beautiful sunrise because I, I was so tired. <laughs> and it just spread further and further. And finally, I could see the sun itself as it came up. It got brighter and brighter until the light of full day. And then, buddy, I am wide awake. That's what this passage is saying is the reality for the righteous. We're going along and sometimes it feels like, you know, we're in the dark here, right? I don't know what's going on. But I'm guaranteeing you there is a gleam of light there. The Lord Jesus is showing you that light unless you're not among the righteous. Right. Uh, listen to what it says. It says the way of the wicked, though, is like deep darkness. They don't even know what they're stumbling over. Wicked people like to do what they do at night because they don't want their deeds seen. That's what the Lord Jesus said in John chapter three. Right. The righteous love the light. They want to walk in the light, but the wicked love the darkness because what they do, they want to be covered by the darkness. When you are among the righteous, then the sun is coming up for you no matter what the world says. Amen? Amen. No matter how far off they say a vaccine is, no matter what they say is going to happen, oh my goodness, the election, this, that, the other thing, you and I don't need to worry about any of that, friend. Amen? Amen. We just need to keep our eyes on Jesus, right? And then verse 20, my son, my child, if you get a more modern translation, it's going to say my child. But the writer of the Proverbs here was addressing his son. Be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. All right. I, I like what Miss Mary says all the time. She says, put attention to it. You need to pay attention. You need to focus. We decide where we want to put our attention. Right. You put your attention on video games. You put your attention on entertainment, on movies. You put your attention on, you know, any number of things you can put your attention to. 
But you and I need to keep our attention focused on the word. So when you receive a word from the Lord, and again, I will tell you, uh, you know, Every week I send scriptures out to people. I, every week, every day I send scriptures out to people. And you can subscribe to that, right? But you should be in the Word on a regular basis. But you've got to focus and you've got to pay attention. And there are inevitably distractions. So this morning I told you about my discovery that our Internet was super slow. And I discovered that as I was reading the scripture because I needed to go and find something and it was taking a long time for it to come up. There's a myriad of distractions though, right? Um, you may be a parent and you may try to get up earlier than your kids so that you can get into the word, so that you can have some alone time, some prayer time or whatever. And then all of a sudden one of your kids wakes up or something happens and now you can't focus anymore because you've got these responsibilities, right? There are inevitably distractions. You and I need to pay attention when the Lord is speaking and we know he's speaking through his word here. And as I've indicated in this church many times, the Lord speaks in nature as well, if you're paying attention out there in nature. Be attentive to my words. That's what the Lord says to you. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. The scripture says, this is from the Psalm, Psalm 119. I can't remember the verse, and there's a lot of verses in Psalm 119. But it says, your word I have hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. All right, I remember that in the old King James. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. You hide the word in your heart. It's in the center of your being. And then you will elect not to sin, right? This is what I need to fill my heart with. I need to fill my heart not with anger or sadness or hatred or fear. I need to fill my heart with the word of God, right? And then it says, and I already commented on this at length, so I'm not going to comment on it again. I'm just simply going to read it here. The translation ESV says, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. I will make a comment on the ESV's translation here. Uh, it, it translates, keep your heart with all vigilance. Does anybody know what vigilant means? What it means to be vigilant? It means to be watchful. So a long time ago, uh, cities used to build walls around them so that they could protect themselves from enemies. And each city would have watchtowers all around the city, and there would be watchmen on the watchtowers that would watch the plane out there and watch the horizon in case there were enemies that were coming. They would keep a careful eye. They would be vigilant. You need to be vigilant about watching over your heart. You need to be careful. If you are uh, you know, in a relationship with someone, right? perhaps a romantic relationship with someone, and they're con this person is constantly breaking your heart, they're constantly hurting you, uh, good reason to step back. You need to guard your heart, okay? Um, it's not good to be in abusive relationships. And sometimes we put ourselves in those positions because we just don't want to be alone. My friend, it's better for you to be alone than to be in an abusive relationship. And it may be that you're just in a relationship with someone that you're, just, you're incompatible with. Figure it out now. Don't marry them. Seriously. Right? Sometimes we're just going to get involved with whoever we can get involved with because they're willing to stick around us and whatever. No, it's better for you to be alone than to be locked into that sort of a relationship. There can't be that. So keep your heart with all vigilance. From it flow the springs of life. Think about your regular blood pumper. Right? All right? Your physical heart. 
It is plump, pumping the blood through your body that keeps you alive. This spiritual heart, if you will, is pumping life through you. When we come to know the Lord Jesus, he uh, reconstitutes our heart. He gives us a new birth. He gives us a new heart. Right. That's what it says in Ezekiel uh, chapter 37. He gives us he takes out a heart of stone and puts in a soft heart. And that new heart is fresh and it pumps and, and it pumps the, the, the life of the spirit through your body. That's why I need to be careful. I need to watch over that. OK. Um, verse 24, put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. You know what the scripture says? It says the 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 mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. You find yourself cursing a lot. This isn't a problem with profanity. This is a heart problem. When I'm using language that I know is angry language. Now, I have found many uh, alternate euphemistic cuss words. That way I don't offend people. But I can use one of my euphemism cuss words and show just as much anger as somebody who's using the real thing. It can still be an expression of hostility and anger. What I've got to do is not just change the word I'm saying, right? In, instead of, you know, I, I, I learned this from old guys back in the, back in the day who wouldn't use uh, bad words in front of their kids or whatever. But uh, if any of you have been around me for any period of time, and I know people that have because they use these words, and I doubt that they learned them from anybody else, but I say dad gum all the time. Dad gum, dad gum, dad gum. Well, that's just a reverse of GD, if you think about it. Okay? And so I can say that in a humorous way. Well, dad gum. But if I'm angry and I'm hostile, I can say, dang it, just like somebody else would say the other word. I have to look at my heart, right? So uh, there's another scripture. Uh, in uh, Ephesians chapter 4, I believe it's verse 29, it says, Let no unwholesome word go forth from your mouth, but only such a word as it will edify someone else. Okay? No unwholesome word. In Greek, do you know what that word is for unwholesome? It's the word rotten. Has anybody ever accidentally left a cup of milk out in the heat? Have you? What happens when you pour that out? Glop, 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 stink, stink, stink. Ah, that's what's coming out of your mouth when you use these words. I just want you to imagine your mouth being full of that nasty, rank, lumpy milk. And you're opening your mouth. Let no unwholesome word come forth from your mouth, but only such a word as will edify other people. So that's what he's saying here, right? Um, put away crooked speech. I like it. I like the way it says that. This is crooked speech. This is speech that is not according to the pathway of the Lord, which is what he's going to talk about next. Verse 25, let your eyes look directly forward. Even though I'm not going to spend a lot of time because I told you I was going to be done by noon, I want you to think about this. You need to have direction for your life. And you need to keep your eyes on the prize. And it says, look neither to the left nor to the right, but keep your eyes focused forward. That's what the, the, the next verses says. Uh, the next verses say, okay? 
um, think about the path of your feet. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. Um, I used to do a good bit of substitute teaching back in the day. This is back when Craig and Rachel were in school, but before they probably even decided they were going to be teachers. And I was in plenty of classrooms where I gave tests. And I would often use that proverb. I would say there's, I would say there's, there's a wise saying that you need to keep in mind right now. I'm giving them a test. All the tests are there. I said, keep your eyes straight ahead. Look neither to the left nor to the right. Why? Because I'm taking my eyes off of what I'm doing and I'm putting my eyes on what someone else is doing. And that may be because I'm cheating, right? But you're going to find that this is going to keep your heart pure when you set the direction of your life to follow Jesus. When you keep your focus on the Lord, when you realize that when you follow him, he, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He said, whoever walks or follows me will never walk in darkness. You need to keep your eyes focused on Jesus, not on this sports figure or that commentator or that news figure or that politician. You need to stop listening to these people, even some of whom who will claim that they are Christians. You need to pay attention to the word of God. You need to establish that determination in your heart that you are going to follow Jesus no matter what anybody else does, no matter what anybody else says. You're going to follow Jesus and you're going to follow the word of God. Amen? Yes. When you keep that focus, you're going to keep your heart pure. Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. You want to know God, you want to perceive God, keep your heart pure. So we're going to conclude and uh, we've got a couple more worship songs. And I uh, pray that you will enter into that time of worship. Hopefully that's something you've been doing uh, in these earlier songs that we've had. But ask the Lord what decision he wants you to make today. What are you going to do about what you heard today? What's going to be different? Right? Ask the Lord to give you a plan, to give you direction for your life, how you're going to respond to this and how you're going to apply it. And remember, guard your heart. It's more important than ever.